So when it comes to dealing with the coronavirus, one thing that we know for sure is that aggressive testing actually matters. You look at the case with Singapore and Hong Kong, with their efforts, they've been able to predominantly almost stop this virus in its place. Meanwhile, in the United States, the NBA team, Utah Jazz, have tested 58 people this week. The CDC has tested 77, all of which signs to come that things will just only get worse from here, especially economically. And when looking at the charts, they are terrifying and definitely not reassuring, especially with the larger circumstances of this and other people saying that the economic ramifications might be worse than the virus. To talk about that, we, of course, have our amazing co-host, Tim Pichaud, here a certified financial advisor to tell us what the malarkey is going on. I'm seeing some of the markets in the green. What do you make of everything that's happening right now, Tim? Yeah, thanks, Luke. So yesterday was the worst crash in 33 years. So I am 34 years old, so I can't say in my lifetime. Uh, but this is one of the worst crashes that we've seen. Dow was down 9.99%. But it's also coming off the back of another day where the Dow, I mean, the Dow was down almost 9 or 10% the day before that, too. So we've had a terrible two weeks where we've shed about 30% of value in the S&P 500. So it's just been an absolute bloodbath out there. But here we have it. This is why the Dow Jones crashed harder today than it was than it has in 33 years. An article out of CCN, which is a crypto news station. So we will get back to crypto a little bit later on. But on Thursday, the Fed unveiled a massive short-term lending program to try to help smooth in U.S. Treasuries. Through the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, it will provide at least $1.5 trillion on Thursday and I don't know, this, whoever wrote this has did a terrible job wording this. But anyways, what is going on, Luke, is that we're doing 500, not we, the Federal Reserve is doing $500 billion yesterday in three-month loans, $500 billion today in three-month loans, and another $500 billion on Monday in three-month loans. And that's in addition to the, the other repo operations they have going on. I'm not going to get into the full uh, repo madness discussions. I've got tons of that on my YouTube channel if you guys want to check that out. Going all the way back until when this kicked off, which was September 17th of 2000. 2019. It's funny, I'm like, gotta think of all oh, sort of stuff going on, I'm trying to think of what year it is uh, today. But, anyways, this all kicked off September 17th of 2018. Uh, 19, uh, John Stice and I have been covering this right from the get go. But why this is crazy is the whole time they're telling us that all these moves are short term and, oh, we're just gonna have this program in s September, so only gonna last a couple weeks. And then, you know, then, then a few weeks goes by, then, okay, actually, you know, we lied. It's actually gonna be bigger now. It's gonna last till now, till January. Then January comes, and, oh, it's gonna last till. February, and February comes, everything melts down, and then now we're at the point where not only is the Federal Reserve not selling $50 billion a month, is what they told us they were going to do, is now they are just injected $1.5 trillion into the system in a three-day time pan, and what I would expect from that is I'd expect the markets to go up a lot more than they are right now, and so right now what we're looking at, actually since we started, it's kind of uh, crazy how dynamic everything is, so when we started uh, filming, I think uh, we were only up about 300 now we're up close to a grand, but still, I mean, we're at Dow 22,000. We're pretty close to Dow 30,000 at one point. And just so you guys know, Dow, the Dow Jones is not even a good way to measure uh, the true health of the stock market. And, and actually, I would say, because what the Dow Jones does, and a lot of people don't realize is this, and, and there's a, is a big distinction between how the Dow calculates uh, gains versus the S&P. So let's say a stock makes up you know 2% of the S&P 500 and it, and it doubles. Well, how they calculate that in the S&P is that they would actually 
take a market price of that. And so, if it, so that 2% uh, move upwards would only have a uh, 2% um, movement within the S&P 500. The Dow Jones, let's say you have a stock that's trading at $2, another stock that's trading at $200, and let's say they both go up two dollars. Well, the two dollar move in a stock that only costs two dollars would be, you know, a hundred percent move upwards. Whereas a stock that's only uh, trading for two hundred dollars would not be a very big move at all, a one percent move. But however, how they calculate it is they just they just add the number in the Dow Jones. So it's a very dumb way for them to calculate it, but that's just what everybody does. So it's it's a big headline number psychologically. It's very important for people. But some people are saying what's going on now is actually worse than Lehman Brothers. You take a look at the high yield spread which is a fancy word for uh, junk bonds and those have absolutely exploded the past couple days you've seen uh, the volatility index actually reached uh, highs that uh, basically were un unprecedented spikes here uh, went up 33 handles which is something you I don't think you've actually have ever seen that actually is completely unprecedented uh, here we have Fed Unleashes 1.5 trillion dollar repo bailout expands what they're calling not quantitative easing. So, so right now, I mean, if you take a look at this chart, uh, it just shows you know what's going on now relative to what's been going on in the past. Uh, see down here is when I was mentioning around September 17th is when this all kicked off, and they kept saying this is going to be all short-term stuff, and oh, it's it originally starts as this is going to be a program that's only going to you know be for overnight markets, then overnight becomes two weeks, then two weeks becomes 32 days, then 32 days has now become three months. And it's just, you see this pattern emerging. And what's and then now even on top of that, and this is breaking news, that the New York Fed, which they're the ones who actually run the show, the New York Fed announces emergency QE will buy $37 billion in bonds, and then that then caused the yields to tumble. So this is this is in addition to everything else that I just mentioned, and they're also buying up to 30-year bonds. Now remember, I have been calling for, actually not myself as not I've not been calling this, as I've been mentioning it, that the New York Fed, uh, that the Boston Fed President Rosengren actually last week called for the for the uh, Federal Reserve to start buying stocks. So who knows what happens in that type of environment? I, well, I know what, what happens in that environment. The stock prices will, would go up, hypothetically, in that type of environment. But one of the reasons why we're seeing the prices go up today is House set for Friday vote, which is today, on Wuhan coronavirus spending package. So, of course, all we need to do is spend some more money, get our kids and grandkids further into debt, and that's going to save everybody. Now, another bank that's in big trouble right now and something I've been talking about, uh, and actually one of my buddies, right, as soon as I walked out of the movie, The Big Short, he asked me, he's like, Tim, if you had to put your finger on one thing to, that could be the next Lehman Brothers, what do you think it would be? And this is, again, right after the movie, The Big Short, so I'm trying to think what time frame this is, like probably January of 2017. And uh, I said Deutsche Bank. I thought Deutsche Bank would be the next short. I'm not, I'm not recommending people going short this, especially at this level. It's very, very dangerous to short, so talk to your own financial advisor. But Deutsche Bank, uh, a lot of executives who are working there are getting very scared. Uh, their stock price is underneath $6 now, so a lot of, uh, lot of calamity going on there. But, if we, but speaking of calamity, another place where we have a lot of calamity going on is uh, is the crypto market. So Bitcoin is down 41 yeah, before points. We get, before we get into the crypto market, the big short came out in 2015. But again, just to quickly reiterate, when you look at the charts here, comparing it to the 2008-2009 crisis to what's happening now, uh, this looks far more significant. This, look, this looks uh, terrifying, especially when you look at the charts, especially when you look at the numbers, especially when you understand how irresponsible and reckless our financial system is. Is this new kind of government intervention, is this new kind of help going to actually work, in your opinion, or not? 
Well, one thing that's going on now, we, are, we do have that chart pulled up right now where it just shows, you know, in the past 16 days from February 19th, 2020, that it's just absolutely just been, you know, complete, you know, falling knife going down. But one of the things that is exacerbating what's going on now that we didn't see in 2008, actually a few things in 2008. So in 2008, the oldest baby boomers were just turning 62 years old. So when they were 62 years old, they, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily retire at 62. Sometimes they wait till 65, 66. Well, nowadays, maybe they're just never going to be retiring and they're just going to be Walmart greeters and, you know, assuming that uh, they're going to still greet people at Walmart given all this coronavirus. But what's going on when you've got people that are 62 years old, they have time to let their investments, uh, you know, go back up. But when you're... Are, are now those 62-year-olds are now 74 years old, and now they're having to take money out of their 401ks, having to take money out of their IRAs. And it's a situation that once you're in a spot where you're actively withdrawing money, the, the mathematics on this stuff gets a lot uh, lot more difficult to contend with. So I am going to pull up on screen a PowerPoint from one of the presentations I gave. I gave two presentations at Anarcha Poker. This was from uh, this is from the one I did on crypto. However, uh, this is this is a point that doesn't just extend to crypto. So what we're looking at right now is something called sequence of return risk and what this shows actually that wasn't the okay this is the one i want to show so if you go down 30 percent which is actually what the s p just went down and you're actively withdrawing four percent so this is one thing people don't ever really take into account what happens when you're actively withdrawing money so this is when you are in retirement you are you're taking funds you need to go up 63 percent to get back up to even now a lot of people are taking more than four percent so if you're withdrawing six percent so let's say you've got a million dollar portfolio you're taking sixty thousand dollars out per year and now you just lost 30 so now you got to go up 74% over the next three years to get back to even. And if you lost half of your money uh, and you're withdrawing 4%, now you've got to go up 132% to get back to even. And how this works in real life is you could have two two people. They both start off with uh, they both start off with a million dollars. They both average the same. In this case, 5.1%. They've got half stocks, half bonds, blah blah blah. blah. They both take out $50,000 per year. And what we see is even though they average the same in retirement, the person that that had three bad years to start off with after 10 years has $630,000. The person that has three bad years at the end of 10 years, they end up with over a million. Now they average the same thing, took out the same amount. And so this is a big point that a lot of people just aren't really uh, you know, aware of and can't really appreciate you know, how devastating the sequence of return risk can be, but it does work in both directions. So, I mean, you can have it in the other direction where sequence of, because a lot of times the biggest down days are followed by big up days. And so not to, you know, take a victory lap over here, but we do see on screen that when things started falling on February 19th, 2020, that's when I made a, I made a commercial at the end of my, uh, at the end of one of the videos that I did for, for my speech at Anarcha Poco telling people, listen, I think the stocks are going to move either big up or they're going to either move big down. And here's the, and I'm not really too concerned about if things trade trade flat, trade sideways, and that's why my investment thesis absolutely rocked it last year, absolutely rocking it this year. Uh, probably one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. I can't say that definitively right now, but I can't. I don't know too many people that went up 25% last year and then this year are only down like 2%. I mean, hardly anybody was able to do that. And for me and my clients, it actually works out better if the market keeps going down because then we get to then buy in the even cheaper levels. So I, you know, I. I'm sorry that a lot of people got got caught up in what was going on with Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump. I was a big fan of Donald Trump going in there. However, I didn't want him to extend the bubble. I didn't want him to then wrap more people into this. I wanted him to take the bubble that he called a bubble, a big fat ugly bubble in June 2016, and I wanted him to let that bubble deflate and pick up the pieces, not to then you know have the 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 cliff that we're going to dive off of get even 
get even taller and hurt even more people. And that's unfortunately what's going on now is that a lot of people got sucked in. And Josh Sigerson and I did a video on February 15th where the government was actually, uh, and Steve Mnuchin, Trump's uh, uh, Treasury Secretary, uh, he was actually calling for stock incentives for people to buy stocks literally on the day of the all-time high. And so Josh and I were saying this is sort of like a ring the bell type moment where you've seen the absolute jump to shark of, of people trying to get people to buy stocks at the absolute worst time. And this was, a, a, I mean, a proposal that they were floating, Luke, not even two and a half weeks ago uh, to try to wrap people, to get more people sucked into this. And what we've seen in the past year is that companies weren't earning more money last year. People just thought that the Fed was going to print more money and that the Fed would save the day, except now the Fed's coming in and it's not even really saving the day. And we do see, yeah, the market is up right now. Okay, we're taking a look at the Dow's up 747 right now. Uh, but you know that's that's not very much considering that they just gave up 2,400 points yesterday, gave up 2,000 points the day before. I think like a thousand or, or you know ish on Monday too. So you know, given all these all this you know terrible news, I, I would expect a much bigger pop than 700. Uh, that's not very much of a dead cat bounce given what just happened. But a lot of craziness is going on. Unfortunately, a lot of people have gotten wrapped up in this. But economic shortages and economic crises you know eventually lead into hot wars, and so. I had thought for the longest time that we would try to have some sort of, uh, you know, try to blame this on the Russians or try to blame this on the Chinese. Now it looks like, uh, you know, everything can be blamed on the coronavirus. So it's very, uh, very convenient that now they can crash everything. But this is much bigger than the coronavirus. You have high yield bonds. Those are in, in big trouble, aka junk bonds. You have the pensions. They're in big trouble. And the other thing that's really exacerbating this crisis is in 2008, and I meant to actually kind of lead off with this, but in 2008, what was going on is that a lot a lot of people weren't in exchange traded funds. So what people, what that means is instead of just going out and buying Apple or going out and buying this stock or that stock, I'm not recommending it. I'm just using that as an example. People just go and buy the entire S&P 500 or they buy all the international stocks or they buy all the energy stocks, so on and so forth. And so that then creates this uh, herd-like mentality that then creates the, you know, these big spikes ups. However, when people are looking to get out, what they're doing is they're just selling the entire index, which then is creating, then is exacerbating how quickly we're seeing things on Unfold, and we haven't really ever seen a market where everybody was not saying everybody, but a huge amount of people are in these ETFs. And so, you know, John Snyder and I were doing videos on how we thought this would help exacerbate a crash. And that's exactly what we're seeing, Luke. And this sort of then stems into the crypto markets as well. Yeah, well, I think I think we might have to do a separate video just on the crypto markets because there's a lot of news coming in around that. But just just to relay some of your points that you were talking about, there's even some people speculating that this whole coronavirus thing is being overplayed to uh, kind of make this larger financial crisis go more smoothly than it is. So again, those are all just speculations out there. None of it has been verified. Uh, but again, the market has been extremely irresponsible, extremely reckless. We have Donald Trump promising to drain the swamp and then filling it in with more swamp monsters, especially from Goldman Sachs. So again, expect more of the very bad decisions that were made before to be continued to be made. While the mainstream media, most likely like last time since the other financial crisis, will also give you more bullcrap and tell you how bailing out uh, the banksters and bailing out the shale oil industry and doing all this other stuff is going to be a great idea when absolutely it's ridiculous. Lots of ridiculous things out there. Tim, thank you so much for helping us make sense of it. Stay tuned for more. We're going to get into Bitcoin in the next video here on Change the News channel.